Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Iconic Freedom, the formula. We are setting a standard for accountability, the ownership of your choices, and responsibility, that ability to respond to those choices. Let each care for self, and all will be cared for. The more a client pays, the easier they are to work with. I can tell you that any time I have taken a lower rate than usual for a project, it's always those projects that are the biggest pain in the butt. I'm talking multiple, multiple, multiple rounds of revisions. Inevitably, the nightmare clients are also the ones that pay you the least. And what I've always found is the clients that pay me the most, that don't haggle about rates, that pay my full rate, those are always the most pleasant projects. And it's interesting because I think by them actually paying you what you're asking for, it shows that they value what you do and they already respect your skill as a professional and they have trust in you. And I think that that's the difference between clients that are trying to haggle for the best price versus those that are like, oh, that's your rate, okay, great, I'm gonna pay you. The difference is that one trusts your skill, the other one doesn't. I know that people may not wanna hear this, but the reality is that better paying projects actually are easier to do. I really like this clip. Actually, my friend Dan sent this to me. I've worked in an industry as a salesperson for, gosh, darn near 20 years, probably a little bit more. And the thing that I always carried with me was the fact that anytime I ever did exactly what she's talking about, if I ever tried to lower the price or, you know, somebody would say, you know, well, this this company over here is doing such and such or this hotel is doing such and such. Um, you know, that I would try to match it. And inevitably, it always became a PIA. I mean, it literally was. I, it just never worked out. And then they would get on property and they would mistreat the staff. Um, they were unkind to people. They wouldn't tip people. Uh, so I moved to a place where I, over the number of years, I just don't do that as a salesperson. I send out a proposal and I send the pricing and the information and then I let the client figure it out. I don't necessarily try to figure out what their budget is. A lot of times people, I had an email a couple of months ago where somebody wrote back and said, these prices are outrageous. And my response was, I understand it's not within your budget. Reach out to us if you change your mind. And the very simple nature of that just really de-escalates the situation. And it, I think that what it does is it unplugs you from the emotional diatribe that these people want to get into. Um, I just recently had another one where the client writes back to me and says, well, I hope you know that you're going to lose this piece of business and nobody's even going to be there anyway. And, you know, you're going to lose this much in food and beverage and this much in this activity. And okay. So like, did you think that was the response? I like, did other people in your life respond to you in a positive way? I mean, that just seems kind of awkward. Uh, but the interesting thing was, now, I did not respond because that's just my nature. I will not respond to stuff like that. We're done. There's nothing further to discuss. And anyone that's coming in, now, that particular client and other clients in the past, they have not necessarily shown their hand, right? They'll come in and they want to do all these fun things and whatever. And it's not until you start the contract 
that all of a sudden they want to have all these concessions and they want to do this and they want to do that. I actually do not do that. I set up uh, proposals and RFPs in a particular way that this is what we are offering. If you would like that, we would be happy to you know, sign a contract and, you know, execute your event. And that would be lovely. Uh, I've done it that way for a number of years now, probably more than 20 years. I don't chase business. I don't think for me, it's not a good practice. I always say that it's like a blind date, right? You go, you meet on a blind date. If they're interested, they'll call you. (laughs) Uh, It doesn't matter or it doesn't really make good use of your time if you are chasing people. Listen, if they're really interested, they will reach out to you. If they're a client that's thinking, well, if they don't reach out to me, then you know I'm, I'm not going to give them my business. Well, frankly, I don't want your business because I don't want anyone with that attitude working with me. I don't want them working with my team and my staff because I can only imagine what they're going to do once they get here. They'll be manipulative, they'll be controlling, they will set my team up for failure, and then they'll want us to return money to them and give them compensation. That's not going to happen. So over the years, I really have moved to a place where I really do try to eloquently and um, in a way that I think is polished, be able to say no to people. I have had to tell clients you know, I'm so sorry, but I just don't think that this is a good fit for the hotel. And I actually had a client start crying on the phone and I'll pay double and all kinds of other shenanigans. And you know, what did I do wrong? And the answer to that question is you didn't do anything wrong. We have to evaluate our choices like you're evaluating your choices. And so much like it took for you to decide to come see us, then, you know, we're deciding whether or not it's a good fit. You're deciding if it's a good fit. It's a two-way street. And for us, it just doesn't feel like it's going to work out. So, but we thank you so much for considering us and we wish you well and best of luck on your journey towards your day. Uh, In this case, it happened to be a wedding. Um, but what's fascinating to me, and I did, it was really funny because I did have my director at the time, my boss, say to me, uh, in all my years of working in this industry, I've never had somebody turn down a piece of business because of somebody's personality. Congratulations. <laughs> and my response to him was, well, to be honest, I don't want to bring that on to your property. I don't want to make that, I don't want to have that person come here and then mistreat everyone and be demanding and, you know, kind of go off the rails and not be self sufficient and self reliant. Uh, these will be people that, frankly, they will be a problem from start to finish. And why go there? Now, in just evaluating that particular video with that young lady, she did a lovely job, I thought, of articulating very well how that process works. She is correct. Every time you go down this road, inevitably, this is what's going to happen. I actually posted this on Facebook, and I had a couple of people respond. Uh, One of my friends actually works in the industry that I do, and we actually worked together for a while. And every single time, without fail, this is what happens. 
So why did I want to post this for the awakening? Because I want to support you as others supported me in the awakening of my own internal authority. This is the path that I took that has been wildly successful for me. And, you know, there are a lot of times that I don't explain it to people. I don't tell them what it is that I'm doing. You know, um, I do try to coach staff that I'm working with that think about the internal authority. Think about what your, basically, your gut is telling you when you meet an individual. Because you are accountable. You have to take ownership of the person that you bring through that front door of that property and everything that they may or may not do, in a sense, that may be something that is against what you know our policies would be or uh, maltreatment of others. We just don't want to deal with all of that. So get a sense for yourself and decipher for yourself what that is. Now, you clean that up right in your own organism you you get clean you get straight you get right with it when you understand about the accountability piece of it and the responsibility and when you start developing that in yourself this piece of it is really remarkable because it starts to clean itself up and then what's really lovely is we've talked about the magic carpet ride. You know, you step onto that magic carpet because that person will send you an email. They may leave you a phone message. They may text you. And what's really cool is you kind of start to figure this whole thing out. You'll start to hear the nuances in their voice. You'll see the language that they use in their text messages and in their emails. And it really does give you a clue. And what I say to my teams in the past is that your internal authority is going to look at that. And there's going to be something in you that goes, huh, pay attention to that. Because it's in that moment, it's at the flashpoint where your life can become efficient. Why go down that road? Why try to make a square peg fit in a round hole when that doesn't work? And frankly, when people start asking for a lot of concessions, I think they're sending a red flag. Uh, Not I think, I know they are sending me a red flag because now they're saying that for the price that we're paying, it's not satisfactory enough. It's not giving them enough of what they want. I had a client one time that she was very upset because she could not have the this other ballroom for her backup. And I said, well, unfortunately, there's another event in there. And I said, but I'll tell you what, I don't want you to be unhappy. You are six months from this event. You have plenty of time. This was right when COVID was happening. So there was lots of people that were looking for business. I said, I'm going to give you all of your money back and you may go on your merry way and and enjoy and good luck. And immediately it was like, oh, no, I don't want to. I mean, no, no. I mean, we're going to be. I go, well, no. I said, because what you're revealing to me is that when you get on property, nothing will make you happy. And then in retribution, you will come after myself or you'll want compensation or you'll go after my staff. And I said, I just can't have that. I said, it's just not worth it. It's not worth it for you on your special day. And it's not worth it for us. 
no, no, it'll be okay, and blah, blah, blah. Okay, so now that we've agreed to this, here we go. Well, then what happened serendipitously was that um, it started to sprinkle at one point, and their whole event was outside. And I went over and I looked to see, you know, what were the clouds like? And I thought, well, it's going to pass. And it was a light sprinkle. It wasn't much of anything. It was going to be two or three minutes and done. And the groom comes up to me and starts to say, you know, well, what's the backup plan? I go, well, you don't have one because you would have had to tent the lawn and you would have needed to do that three days ago. I said, this was not on the Doppler wasn't on the radar. It just happened to blow in. I said, it looks like it's going to blow out of here in a couple minutes and then we'll be good. Well, see, this is the thing we were concerned about. I went, no, no. <laughs> My captain was saying, I said, no, no, we've already discussed this. You agreed that when we talked six months ago, I didn't have a backup plan for you. And if you wanted that, you'd have to tent and you agreed and I gave you the opportunity to take all your money and go to another location. You agreed that you did not want to do that. So that has negated this at this point and there's no further discussion on that. Now what we need to do is we need to talk about where do you want to go if it should continue because you still have dessert and then the conversation ensued. But And, of course, the groom shut up and walked on his merry way, and I spoke with the captain, and we came up with a backup plan where they could do something else. Part of it, too, was that they had a, an outcome they were attached to. They were only doing the after party with a certain group of people. <laughs> well, they didn't want to tell everybody that. So every, those other people were just thinking that everyone's going home, and then these other people were actually getting on a bus and going to another party. <laughs> So again, not my problem, not interested, not my monkey, not my circus. But what was interesting was it, it just articulated to that individual, you made an agreement. We just recently had another um, couple where they were, you know, saying in a, an email, you know, well, this thing has, you know, been upsetting since the beginning because we didn't have our date and blah, blah, blah. And my response is... However, you signed a contract for this other date, which means at that point you agreed that it was okay that the other date was not available. So that is going to end that portion of the conversation, and then we're going to focus on the rest of this. I'm going to tell you that contracts are for when things go wrong, not when things are going lovely and sweet and wonderful. Therefore, when things go wrong and you want to try to articulate those things in your contract so that you CYA, to be honest. But if you're following your internal authority, you will, honestly, you will circumvent a lot of these problems and you will not wind up, you know, you'll say no to that, basically, in the universe, you'll say no to that kind of business and yes to the other kind of business. And there will be an exchange that will happen over time where you suddenly start seeing that, wow, we're really having better clients in here. And you don't have to, you don't have to take a person's business. And especially if they start getting snarky and angry, it's just like, you know, this is not worth it to us. And, you know, as, an, as a sole proprietor of your own business, say no. I mean, it's absolutely, I mean, it's a wonderful thing to be able to do. Say no. And especially if you have documentation, because then it's lovely if somebody tries to put something on, 
you know, uh, Yelp or, you know, one of those Google reviews or something that you can respond. And you can even, you know, send the email in the response and say, this is what I said to you. And this was the response. And this is how you acted. And it calls people out and it obligates them to their accountability. I haven't had to do that very much. I think I've done it twice uh, in the 20 years that I've been doing this. But I encourage people to not take business just for the dollars. In the end, you'll wind up giving money back. And then what is it worth? Not the hassle and everything else that comes with it. Uh, It's better just to say no in the beginning. Okay, wow, it would have been great to have that $10,000, but you know what? I would have had to get wound up giving back seven of it. So what's the point in that? I didn't make any money and you know, I just created a day or a couple of days or whatever the business is. I just created something that is just frustrating and not even worth it. Now, if you're a person that wants to do that, good luck to you. (laughs) I personally don't. I want my life to be efficient and easy. And the more I do that, the more it becomes efficient and easy. And then the more efficient and easy it becomes, then even more of the same. So I want to encourage you to do that. Now, one other thing I wanted to point out about that video was she talked about this trust factor. I want to relieve you of that particular burden of trust. It's not about trust. It's about harmony. You're looking for the harmony in your connection, in your relationships with people, in your your family, your friends, your business, your customers, your clients, your vendors. You're looking for the harmony. You're not looking to trust. You don't need to trust anybody. Um, listening to this podcast, you know that uh, that word, basically, we just, we've dumped it because we don't need it. You don't need to trust. Why? Because you can observe. You observe people's behavior. You observe their patterns. And you know what how reliable they are how consistent they are. That's what you're looking for. So there's no need to trust. But then what she's really talking about is, I'm looking for the harmony of another client. And I love it when I have that connection with people. And I can tell at that very beginning, there's a nice harmony. So we'll continue to let it unfold and see if it's consistent and if it's something we want to pursue. Um, I just did an event last year. I did a gala event where it was the best gala I have ever done. Uh, Those clients were absolutely lovely. I couldn't have asked for a better situation. And what was really great was in a reciprocity, they felt the same way. And so I knew that it was the right one when I first met them, even the year before, I knew that it, we were in harmony and I knew it was going to be a great experience. And indeed it was. And I want to encourage you to do that as well. Let that be a support. Let that reality be your friend. Let that harmony be your endeavor and your drive. You will not be sorry that you go in that direction. It may seem initially like it's a little wonky, you know, to kind of step into that realm. But imagine how you will feel if a person comes in behind your counter or however you get your business and they start getting that way. And you're just like, you know, uh, this isn't going to work out. So I think you need to head on out of here. Uh, or you just let them know through email. 
this is not a good fit and we're not available. And we are at the end of another podcast. Thank you so much for joining me this Sunday. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you found something useful in this aspect of the internal authority and relying on that for yourself. Hey, hit that like button if you would. Share it with your family and friends. You never know if it might help them. If you have a situation similar to this that you want to share with me, send it to me in the comments or email me. I'll see you next week and make it a great week.